Welcome back to the High Impact Physician Podcast. Today's episode, Sandy is talking with Dr. Mark Greenwald, who is from the Carillion Clinic, and they're talking about favorite authors, favorite books, even favorite poets that have helped them personally and professionally. There's some great recommendations in here, a shorter episode. I hope you enjoy it. So tell us a bit about who you are and how you got to where you are today. When I when I thought about this question, it was ironic. The first thing that came to my mind, because I always joke often about, um, you know, what were your APGAR scores when you were born? And of course, that that <laughs> was, you know, determining your whole career path. But it occurred to me that uh, that I was a, a frank breach delivery. Uh, and my mother reminds me about that to this day. And so that likely says a little bit about the start of my journey, that it was going to be different from the, literally the very start. Uh, and, and it certainly has been. Uh, but I, I, I did my schooling, my, my training at Bucknell University and then the University of Virginia for both college and medical school, or I'm sorry, for a medical school and my residency, and then served as a medical officer in the Navy for five years. And that time in the Navy was incredibly formative for me on multiple levels. Um, first, because it got me out of my comfort zone. I traveled across the world and was actually stationed on the island of Guam for two years. And that was an opportunity for me to grow up clinically. Uh, as well as to learn about leadership in a different way, and also for for my wife and I as a, as a couple to grow up. Uh, and so coming back from that, I came to Curling Clinic in 1995. Uh, so now I'm, I'm in my 25th year here, um, never thinking that I would be staying for more than five years, because that was kind of the, the Navy mentality was you move to somewhere for three to five years. Uh, and here we are. And so, so for me, part of that leadership lesson has been that I've had the opportunity to continue to grow and share my gifts without having to leave an organization. And, and I know that's exceptional in some ways, but it's been a real blessing uh, to me. And, and, and I want that to be an encouragement to some of the folks who are listening who feel that they may, in order to grow as a leader, need to continue to move on to different things. And, and some of that is because I've had the opportunities here. Some of them is because I've created the opportunities here. And we can explore that more as we, as we talk today. That's so good. I love your idea that you came into the world uh, starting in a different place and then you continued to step out of your comfort zone. Tell us about a particular chapter in your life that might surprise people. Yeah, so I in in 1999, uh, when when I was in the military, one of the things that the military opened me up to is the possibility of leadership in a different way. Because in the military, everyone is kind of on a leadership track to a certain degree. Mm-hmm. And while I had served as a chief resident during my time in residency, I just never pictured myself in in leadership in that way. I always pictured myself as being a clinician and as a family physician going out and setting up a practice and then developing a community around that. And the military really planted that seed for me such that when I when I got to Curling Clinic, I started to become more involved in leadership and take an interest in that. And and we started actually our first fledgling leadership institute for physicians in 1999, which was was quite early in that process. But part of what came out of that for me was I got involved nationally with our American Academy of Family Physicians, serving on the faculty of a leadership development program for emerging chief resident leaders. And during that time, because of my involvement with that program, I decided to go back and do training as a, as a leadership and executive coach. 
now again, coaching now is, is that's your profession, one of your professions, and it's something that I do regularly. But back then, that was not something that people were doing, and and indeed, in many ways, it was it was quite strange to be doing that. Mm-hmm. And yet, in many ways, that time and that training has informed almost everything that I've done since then in some fashion, even though I would in no way say that I'm, I'm, I'm not, I utilize the skills of coaching my practice. I am not a full-time coach. That's not what I do. And yet that, that part of my life was very important. The other piece that happened during that time was my transition between my time in the Navy and my time in clinical practice and in, in starting here at Carillion Clinic. And during that time, I took six months off which I'd never done before and have not done since. And, and I called it my, my sabbatical, even though I worked part-time. I worked part-time, but, but very limited. And, and after having worked all those years, part-time seemed like nothing. But what I did during that time is I read voraciously. And, and we can talk about some of those, those, those books as well. But I read all the things that I hadn't had a chance to read because of going through training. And it was during those times that I also really to this day, I was going through my library just over the holidays. And to this day, those books continue to inform much of my leadership thinking and really in many ways, the career path that I've taken. Mm, That's so good. Let's, let's follow that path. You've got my, um, really piqued my curiosity in terms of some of the books that you've read and how they've informed you. Talk to us about some of those books or lessons. Sure. So one of the one of the the authors that I was reading during that time was Stephen Covey, and mm-hmm. depending on where your leaders are and your listeners are in terms of their own development, Stephen Covey may be a common name or just one that they've heard about. Um, but during that time, he wrote a series of books. Uh, he had really a trilogy that he then wrote a fourth book later. But those books became foundational for me. And when I, when I read them, I didn't read them. I studied them. And so I was literally there mm-hmm. taking notes and going back and doing cross-references and, and just really ate them and, and digested them. Um, and so, so that became his, – his work became very, very important to me, was reading some other leaders during that time, as well as reading some authors that, who have nothing to do with uh, medicine per se and yet have really uh, influenced my worldview – and many of them are, are common names now, but they weren't back then. Parker Palmer being one of them. Uh, Parker Palmer, who is a sociologist and teacher and author, uh, who, who two of his books are really the two books that I've probably read more than any others in my life. One is called Let Your Life Speak, and the other one is called A Hidden Wholeness. So he was one author. Um, another one was a, a gentleman named Richard Rohr, who is actually he's a he's a Jesuit priest. Um, and in back then he was, he was very fringe in terms of his thinking. Now he's being interviewed by Oprah and others, uh, and has really become mainstream in terms of a lot of his thinking. But back then his, his influence that all of their influences, three examples were huge in terms of me beginning to, to think about how I was going to view not only my medical practice, um, but really in many ways, how I was going to form my life. I'm just sitting here smiling because uh, when I went through my coach training back in the early 90s, Stephen Covey, Parker Palmer, Richard Rohr were also big. So I have to ask you, did you ever read Synchronicity by Joseph Jaworski? Oh, of course I did. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and, and, and actually hearing, hearing you share that, and I'm, I'm not, I don't want to, I don't want to go there because I'm not remembering the specifics, but I'm remembering his story that he told in that book that, that 
that I, it, just something in the back of my mind is flashing that, that gave me chills when I read it at that time, because it was about that whole idea of synchronicity, which I have experienced many times in my life. Um, and so, yeah, that, that's fascinating that, that you would bring up that particular book. Well, I, I will tell you, back when I was um, really challenging my own personal growth, I reached out to ask if I could meet him for lunch. When he said yes, of course, then I about like, part of my friendship peed my pants because I thought, uh, what do I do now? <laughs> but I did. I went mad. And to hear him tell those stories was profound. And it actually oh, yeah. impacted me the way I started building physician leadership programs. And one cohort, um, the physicians, we actually read that book and we went through chapter by chapter and highlighted how that might be relevant to each of us. And it was, I forgot about it till we're just now talking about it, that I had actually used that book once. It was very powerful. Oh, that it's. I know exactly where it is on my on my bookshelf. So, uh, so I'll have to go back and pull it out and see what my highlights and, and dog ears are now. <laughs> Another author who was hugely impactful for me back then and still is is Robert Greenleaf. I don't know if you read any yes. of Robert Greenleaf's material. So he he was the person who really coined the concept, or at least the 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 term physician uh, servant leadership. And uh, boy, I, I just consume, he was a prolific writer and, and his books really helped me think about not only my work as a physician, also my work as a, as a physician leader and what that really looks like to lead from that heart space of, of, of being of service rather than the many other reasons that somebody might be motivated to lead. I love that you bring up the heart space because in my own work, I've noticed how it's it's easy to find physician leadership work that talks about building skill sets for performance and even <laughs> mindset work around like resiliency, optimism, EQ, though I feel like someone could have a really strong skill set, a really strong mindset and be a terrorist, right? Like those two alone aren't necessarily impactful. It's when you combine Absolutely. it with heart that can become so impactful. Yes. yes. Okay. I have to ask you one other author. How about David White? Do you ever read him? Oh, yes. Well, so, so <laughs> because we've spoken before, you know that I appreciate poetry and, and write poetry. And so both David White's books, as well as his poetry, both then and now continue to be incredibly powerful for me and, and speak to me deeply as well. And it sounds yes. like that's the case for you. Yeah. So, so once a year, I kind of identify, like if I couldn't fail and could meet any one person, who would it be? And one year it was David <laughs> White. And um, we went out and it was really interesting to me because it was like an eight hour session for, I don't know, it was like 150 bucks at a yoga studio. And I thought, how can a poet fill up that much time? And I just went into a trance listening to him. It was so good because uh, he talked about through the lens of leadership. It was highly impactful. Long time ago. I'm, I'm, I'm stirring up a lot of memories here. <laughs> this is good. This is very good. Part of the new year is doing that, of course. So. <laughs> That's right. That's so good. That's the end of part one of Sandy's conversation with Dr. Mark Greenwald. Part two is going to be awesome. They're talking about why all physicians are leaders, how to switch your brain and emotions between clinical and administrative roles, and two really critical components of helpful feedback. So if you enjoyed this, you're definitely gonna enjoy part two of Sandy's conversation with Dr. Mark Greenwald.